I don't know the exact stats on Friday the 13th <laughs> and how often they occur, but I think it's very fitting that we have a Friday the 13th in October. Yes. Happy That's Friday awesome. the 13th, everybody. Yeah. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen. Uh, Rhyme me to never do that again. Uh, <laughs> he's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen. This, of course, is a live edition, once again, of the Southside Beat, as we are every Monday through Friday from 3 to 3.30-ish Eastern here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, I don't know if next Friday we're going to have a show because I will be traveling for Pitt, but we will see. We'll see what goes on. Uh, the next couple of Fridays, I will if, be on the road. If not, everybody can uh, everybody can just join me and, and really take over the co-host chair. Right. Uh, and so I have a, an episode much like we're, we're, what we're going to do today. Uh, today, it's, uh, listen, it's the last day of the bye week, right? And because obviously we're going to the weekend. And then when we come back Monday, there will have been a locker room availability, most likely. Yes. Um, it'll be back to a normal week. Uh, we'll we'll kind of jump back in. So here on this one, we're just going to really, really rely on you guys asking questions. It doesn't always have to be football related. Obviously, this is a football and Steelers show. So absolutely that's our priority is to talk Steelers with you guys but if you want to ask an off-the-wall question by all means ask it and yes your favorite barber is right <laughs> touch the like please like like subscribe. This. we yes. really appreciate it all the time uh we we do our also do our best to try to be in the comments after the show so that we're also responding there um yeah so thank you guys so much uh for all your support we really appreciate it we'll go we'll go right into it now Alan asks <laughs> now listen Steelers, Burning questions like right said, here, man. Like Chris said, Steelers are the priority, but nothing's off limits. Well, I shouldn't say that. Not everything <laughs> has to be Steelers related. Yeah. Alan asks, what's for dinner tonight? He asked me specifically what's for dinner tonight. Now, those that follow me on Twitter and those that maybe know me personally know that I love to be in the kitchen. I love cooking. I love throwing down behind the stove. I love making soups. I love making sauces. I love getting into it. However... I have some leftover soup that my mother uh, graciously cooked and packed and prepared for me. So all I have to do is chuck that in a pot, heat some, you know, egg noodles up and I'm good to go tonight. So uh, I told Chris before we got on today, I am making today as low effort as I possibly can (laughs) on all fronts, on all fronts. It's a bye week, Um, man. And Chris, what what am I having for dinner? Um, Well, after we are done with this show, obviously we have to, you know, get post-production done so that's out on all podcast platforms up on the site and everything like that. And then once I'm done with that, I'm taking my kids to the state fair of Texas. My wife is getting off work a little early. She's going to meet us there. And so that means I'm going to have a lot of fried food tonight. Oh, okay. Fried so- Frito pie, fried s'mores, and of course, fried Oreos. And it's really not good, even though it's not my favorite thing. It's not going to the State Fair of Texas if you don't have a Fletcher's Corny Dog. So I will also be having one of those. Can you elaborate on that for us non-Texans, please? Uh, so like corn, it's they call them corny dogs here. I don't like it. It's just it's a corn dog. So corn dog is, you know, if you don't know what a corn dog is, it is a hot dog on a stick that is dipped in like a cornbread mix and it's fried. You can eat with ketchup, mustard, you know, whatever. Um, but Fletcher's like makes like it's like the golden it's it's the golden arches or it's it's the top tier of of corn dogs uh it really is different like even the weenie inside is it is different 
Like it, it just it just is. And so, but Mrs. obviously, teas with pierogies. Yes, if you go to the state fair of Texas, you have to not just have to have a corn dog, but you need to also just try all of the different things that they have fried butter, they have fried margaritas, they have fried everything. If if if, if it can be fried, it'll be fried. I'm a big fan of the fried Oreos. I've never had a fried s'more. Now, my it was legit, man. Now, my like, girlfriend than fried Oreos. My girlfriend loves s'mores, but yeah. we like to just do them lazy. Like we'll put the broiler on in the oven and we'll just toast the marshmallow right in the cracker. It's, yeah. It takes like three minutes in the oven, yep. and it generally comes out pretty positive. Um, but I've never thought to put one together and then you just batter it and deep fry it. I never thought to do that. Swan, um, yes. So I hear. I'm on. I'm not a corn dog con- uh, connoisseur. I'm really not. But everybody that I know here, I've, I've loved here for more than two decades. I, I mean, the fair is open. You know, uh, once a year, usually like last week of September into like the. It's like three, like three or four weeks long. Uh, and every single time everybody goes, it's like, you have to have Fletcher's corn dogs. Fletcher's corn dogs. So, uh, fire so. Matt Canada, not the real Matt Canada. He just wants <laughs> Matt Canada fired. He or she uh, asked if we can extend and go from uh, three to four today. We'll go a little over today. Yeah. Um, Chris Chris has a, uh, as he just announced, a commitment today. Um, oh, it's it's I'm not like, out, I'm so. not like, oh my God, I, we have to leave at, you know, this, but, at this but point. But that fried food you got to get to because – Oh, you never yeah. know. They could run out. You never know. Oh, no, they won't. <laughs> no, they, won't. <laughs> they have enough. They have enough to uh, do. Uh, yeah. No. All right. Chuck asks, just wondering what we should be looking for in this bye week. Should we be, we be looking for a center or a cornerback? This, I'm assuming, comes on the scope of the Steelers in a potential trade. Now, yesterday, Chris, we floated the idea around what the Steelers could do or maybe what they could be looking yeah. for. Yeah. Um, you suggested fortifying the secondary or the offensive line. I kind of zagged and thought nose tackle would be a good spot to look. But um, I think it's pretty clear that the Steelers, at least right now, are content with Mason Cole at center. And Kenny and him have a really good rapport and relationship. Um, So I don't know how much they'll be in the center market. Cornerback is a little bit different because with with Joey Jr., that's one thing. But with Pat Mm -hmm. P. and Levi Wallace underperforming, I think I'll just leave it at that to start the year. Um, You know, maybe they could look to fortify that secondary as well. Uh, Eric asked a really interesting question that I really enjoy kind of talking when, when, when I start talking X's and O's. Hey guys, do you think going to a four, three defense with bump and run coverage helps solve the run? I know our personnel doesn't support it now, but in the future. So the Steelers primarily run. Yes. Their base defense is a three, four defense, but they primarily run out of their nickel package. And when they run out of their nickel package, they have two interior linemen, two edge rushers, two linebackers, uh, and then five in the secondary. Right. So that is almost more of a four, three defense than it is a three, four, because you don't have, I mean, three, four, you have a nose tackle in the middle. You don't have that there. You have two interior, you have two on the interior, you have two on the edge up front. That's four down. Mm -hmm. Then you have two linebackers. And instead of having a third linebacker in what would be a normal four, three defense, you have, somebody you know a a nickel whether that's a third safety whether that's a slot corner obviously depends on personnel you know what the offense is doing so it really almost is like the Steelers operate kind of out of both right their nickel defense can serve almost as kind of a you know obviously a modified 4-3 defense obviously whenever they bring in the 3-4 it is like the, you have the the nose tackle you have the two defensive ends and then you have your two edge cuz they don't take any of the edge rushers off so it really is more five up front um 
But I think that's kind of where football is today. It's just, it's more sub package football than it is like, oh, we have a base defense. We're going to run out of that the majority of the time. So, yeah, yeah it, it really is more. Yeah, yeah. Mike kind of points it out. Yeah, they run a five, two, four on rundowns, four, two, five and pass. It kind of is kind of like that. Uh, I'd say probably majority of the time, but obviously the Steelers try to disguise some stuff with, you know, their sub packages and everything. Good question from Swan. When you guys write a story for uh, for DK, how much direction do you get from DK himself? Ooh. I would say that depends. Yeah. I would say that depends. Now, there are times where Chris, myself, Alex, Taylor, whoever it is, Corey Geiger, mm-hmm. will literally pitch a story and say, hey, I have this. I have this as an idea. Um, this could be expansive. This could be something that you know goes back into the time machine, so to speak, with history. This could be a lot of different things. And yes, DK surely does give us guidance at times on what to write. But then Mm -hmm. there is the flip side where we'll say, hey, I have an idea. Let's run with this. Case in point was, uh, for me at least, on Sunday with the Ravens game, you know, we we talk after and, you know, what do you think? What am I going to do? What is DK Mm going to do? And we kind of sort it out from there. And my burning ideas sometimes i just have ideas that i that are burning on my mind and i go with i think chris knows this feeling all too well where it's like i'm hot on the trail on this i want to do this i feel strongly about this and you really like try to hammer it and and make a point to write about it and my big thing was joey jr and the rookies and let the kids play and that whole thing and i think it turned out pretty well so i think it just kind of depends on the situation yeah, there's definitely give and take there for sure. I mean, it's it, I mean, he's not a he's not he's not a dictator saying you're going to write this and only this. Like it's right. it's not it really is give and take. We we do have uh I would say quite a bit of um freedom to kind of choose what we want to write, especially like when I'm doing chalk talk stuff, like that that's that really is kind of is my, you know, my own thing. Of course, he will give direction and, you know, better ways to execute it so that it, 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 I mean, he's obviously been in the business for a lot longer than I have. So he knows what works with readers, what doesn't work with readers. Uh, and so Justin, thank you so much. Gifted five, five gifted UK Justin, Pittsburgh sports uh, on Steelers memberships. I really appreciate that. So Justin, that's yeah. tremendous. That's a great bi-week present. We appreciate that very yes. much. Controversial. And, and on the flip side, not controversially, but uh, conversely, I should say, Robert asks, has DK ever rejected your stories? I mean, there are times where we'll say something. It's like, hey, I feel like I should write about this. And he'll be like, nah, <laughs> you know. Again, it's, it's give and but take. But that happens. But, it's give that, and take. but to be tr- completely transparent, that's not just DK. That's any no, that's news director, sports director, everywhere. city editor. I don't care what beat you have. If you're in sports or in news or if you're covering court or whatever it is, that's anywhere that that'll happen. So. As a reporter, you're not going to bat a thousand on uh, Justin. Week. Nice job. Good job on the pun. B U Y week. He goes with B U Y week. Um, Chris asks. Chris Welsh asks. Uh, what changes or adjustments do you guys want to see made for this offense going into the remainder of the season? That could be a million different yeah. things because, yeah. as Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett talked about this week, before everybody kind of broke away from the South Side. Everything has to be on the table for consideration for improvement. That is scheme. That is what plays are called when. That is what personnel is on the field when. That can mean a million different things. Now, I think the biggest adjustment in the change that the Steelers can make and that Matt Canada can tweak towards this playbook is, how do I phrase this, pre-snap motion or pre-snap alignment crystal thank you generous, for the five gifted. generous today, this is man. phenomenal folks yeah. thank you guys very much for the for the gifted subs and the gifted memberships if you got a gifted membership and you know 
that you got them, uh, please, please give them a, a shout out and a thank you. Um, but that's my best guess on that. My best answer on that is that I think more pre-snap disguising, pre-snap motion, yeah. lack of pre-snap motion in some cases could really help this offense. Yeah. Honestly, I think this is just, I think the bye week is a, is a really good opportunity as we saw last season uh, for they, for that, for the team to really dig deep and really reflect on what's worked and what hasn't worked. Now, obviously a lot more hasn't worked than what has worked, but there, there are, there have been some plays that if executed, they were there. Right. So at that point, I'm like, again, I, I, you know, just because I wrote that, you know, Deontay chalk talk yesterday, which somehow got some negative responses and people being like, yeah, Deontay is going to be a fix all. I'm like, I never said he was a fix all. I just said that it's going to help. Um, but you know, I think about like plays in that game. If Kenny hits the throw to Deontay on that third down on the deep post, that change that whole drive is changed. That's more most likely at least three points because that would have been a big enough play to get them at least close to field goal range. Um, so it's sometimes it's just okay, here are the plays that were there, we need to execute them. And then it's also here are plays that really best fit what we want to do. Let's work on those and do those better. Um, so it, it, it's just, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's just more of that. I don't think there needs to be, they don't need to try to reinvent the wheel during the bye week They didn't do that last week, last year. They didn't try to completely overhaul things. They were like, let's find what we want to do. Let's get on the same page with those and really, really do our best to make sure that those plays that we want to run, that those concepts that we want to run are well executed. It worked last year. Let's see if it works this year. Okay. Uh, Leverage asked, do you think Kenny is the guy for the Steelers' future? And can things like his pocket presence improve? Now, the biggest, I think, knock on Kenny Pickett's game, and Chris might agree with this, is he bails too early on the pocket. He'll have a clean pocket, and he'll bail too early. Now, he had this problem at Pitt. You know, like we talk about with all these rookies and all these second-year guys, Mm -hmm. there's a reason why, you know, some players are drafted second, third, fourth round. There's some reason why Kenny Pickett, if you remember, was the first quarterback taken off the board when he was taken. Like, not a lot of people were crazy about that quarterback class, and Kenny Pickett had the strongest case to be the most pro-ready out of his class, and this was the big knock on him, was that he'll bail on clean pockets, he'll try to get on the run, and sometimes it's for better, like the fake slide against Wake Forest. <laughs> and sometimes it's for the worse, like yeah. the play in Houston where he got hurt. So you take your lumps where you can get them in years one and two. And and to kind of reiterate what we talked about yesterday, you know, you give a quarterback three years. And with Matt Canada being the, the offensive coordinator for two of those, it's kind of hard to, to overcome some of that. Um, Crystal yeah. asked, what happened to Mark Robinson? I think the simplest answer is that he has three really good veterans ahead of him. And this is not a knock on Mark Robb. Now, keep in mind, Mark Robb is in his second year. He was a running back in college. He had to convert positions. As a seventh-round pick. As a seventh-round pick when he became pro. And if you watch the tape from the Raiders game, he made a couple of really good special teams plays. So I think right now, Mark Robb, by the way, Cole Holcomb has been better than any Steelers inside linebacker since Shazier was here. Like, I think it's arguable to make that case. No, he's it's definitely, well. it's definitely, there, it's definitely there. Now he's not on anywhere on Shazer's level. No, no, but, no, no. I'm not saying but, he is. I'm saying no. I know. Shazier. I know what you're saying. I know right. what you're saying. Quan Alexander has been as advertised, and Alandon Roberts has held his own. So the Steelers just right now have three inside linebackers that are quite frankly better than what mm-hmm. Mark Rob was. 
Jerry asks, do you guys think the bye week will cause this team to lose some momentum? No. <laughs> I don't know. No. I, I don't know. I don't know what momentum they had. No. Like, you can argue they should have lost the Ravens game, of course, with all the drops and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. You know, they looked like crap against the Texans. They looked like crap against uh, the 49ers. And if Nick Chubb doesn't get hurt, they could lose that game as well. Yeah, I, so, I, I don't think that I don't think the that there's really any momentum to be lost. But I really think that the bye week, if anything, is uh, uh, exactly what this team needs. Obviously, you would love for the bye week to come a little bit later in the season. And that way your guys can get rested up a little closer to the playoffs. Um, because, you know, once they get back from the bye week, they don't have a break again. The only way that they would get a break again is if they were to become the number one seed in the AFC. Right. And I just don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah. So they're not going to get another break, you know, until, you know, the Super Bowl, if they make it that far. Sure. Um, but, you know, and obviously that's, you know, probably not going to happen. But uh, Mr. Yeah. Nick of Time asks uh, Pat P on his podcast, All Things Covered, talk about how Joey Porter Jr. was drafted for a reason. Um, he alluded to Joey Porter Jr. taking the starting rollover at some point. Will it be over the bye? I think contrary to what Terrell Austin said, which is no, not yet. When I asked him directly, yeah. I, I think Joey, while he might not be on the field for snap one, as uh, I, DK wrote about this in Friday Insider as well. Crystal, thank you so much again. Crystal, we appreciate the five, five gifted. More. You you all are tremendous. This is this is for great real. stuff to see. Um, on a bye week, it makes our Friday really that much better. This is so cool. Um, <laughs> while he might not be on the field for snap one, I think Joey's snap count will be elevated compared to what we have seen. I think that's the short answer. Um, really quick uh, <clears throat> uh, hitter on this one. Firemat Canada says, could James Daniels take over at center? Um, I do think that if the Steelers don't address center and um, they Mason Cole ends up becoming like even more like not playable. That is an option. I really do think that that's, that's an option. I think he's probably best suited to play. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think James Daniels at center would work for sure. Um, I know Nate her or not Nate, Nick Herbig uh, could play center as well. But I, I do think of those two guys, I think Herbig works better at right guard and center slide or Daniel slide over to center. Uh, Brent asks, what team do you think will trade with us? Uh, would it have to, would it have to be a team not going anywhere this year, like Denver or the Raiders? You think Khan could pull something out of his crystal ball? I'll tell you one thing. I don't think the Bears are going to want to do business with the Steelers anytime soon. <laughs> what happened last year? I would not call. I would call Chicago. I, if I was Chicago, I would not pick the phone up after yeah. what happened last year, getting Chase Claypool for Joey Porter Jr. Um, will they make a trade? Who's to say? Like, I feel like the NFL trade deadline is so hit or miss because, like, baseballs, they call it the hot stove for a reason. Basketball, I think you constantly see movement, but NFL is really dependent. Um, a lot of that has to do with salary cap. A lot of that mm -hmm. has to do with practice squad usage and personnel and all this, that, and the other. So I think it really depends. This is as far as adding is concerned. Justin going in with a $5 contribution. Pre appreciate it. Yeah, he says tag crystal. Seriously though. Thanks for the context, uh, especially during a buy. Uh, you guys, thank you so much, Justin crystal. You guys are bringing it, man. You guys are bringing it today. Everybody's really, been awesome. Really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Um, Barbara asked, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was, uh, you know, go, uh, Barbara asked, how do you guys feel about the evolution 
of the show since week one and doing a live daily show. Appreciate you guys. Um, it's definitely been, I, I think we've definitely grown a bit. Uh, you know, it's still obviously a relatively new show. It was pretty much what week one of the season when we started. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, it's been, it's been good for sure. I, I, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I think we're all kind of growing together and, uh, I hope we continue to grow together. Uh, that's, uh, doing a live daily show, you know, there, there's, you know, obviously during the season, it's a lot easier to talk, you know, because there's something going on almost every day. Absolutely. Um, I think the real growing pains are going to happen. Like once we get into the off season, especially there are two dead periods in the off season. Like when we're talking like Super Bowl between the Super Bowl and the combine, that's a dead period. When we're talking about the, the gap between mini camp and the start of training camp, that's a really dead period. Like even that's when players and coaches and executives all take their vacations. So um, those are the times where we're going to really try to, what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it definitely has flowed a lot better. Now there's been hiccups of course, with me literally being on the South side because uh, trying to broadcast from Corey. inside. But, but see, even then, that's taken a, taken on a life of its own, man. You might as well be in a cave if you're trying to broadcast a show from that, from that you're facility. Uh, that's BN ask what's more likely to happen. Matt Canada and the offense turns into the expectations from the preseason or Matt Canada gets fired before the end of the season. It will the be former. the former because the former. <laughs> there's 0.000 repeating percent chance. Matt Canada gets fired at this point. Yeah. It, if he was going to get fired, it would have happened today. Yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. It would have so, happened this week. No. Uh, Eric says, I don't really see a difference between Kelly Witherspoon and Levi Wallace. Uh, those guys generate interceptions, but lack of cover skills. Do you guys see the same thing? See, like Akello versus Levi is kind of hard to do because Akello has been so good for the Rams. And it's easy to say now, like, wow, why did we let that guy go? But he really, number one, he couldn't stay healthy here. Number two, I just think that the, the usage of Akello versus Levi, like Akello versus uh, Joey Jr., Akello versus Pat P, it's just hard to compare because those are, three, four different corners, like as far as build and skill set is concerned. What, what's your take on the, the Akello Witherspoon uh, redux there, Chris? Yeah, I mean, again, it's kind of, I, I kind of say the same thing. I mean, Akello, you know, obviously showed a lot of promise in 2021. I showed some really, really he had some really, really good moments, uh, but just couldn't stay healthy last year. The hamstring really, really just kind of derailed the entire season. Was never really able to come back and play at 100%. Uh, so it's just one of those things where you kind of, you, you turned the page, you know, you were kind of like, try to get Cam Sutton back. He didn't come back. The, the Lions outbid you. So it's kind of like, okay, you got to move on. Uh, brought in Patrick Peterson, drafted Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice. Like, it's just one of those things where you kind of, you're kind of turning the page. And when you talked about, you know, people that are expendable at that point, Akela Witherspoon just became expendable based on the a body, body of work slash, Great question from Robert here. Let's go to Robert. Robert asks, who you guys think is better, Deontay Johnson or George Pickens? Okay, I'll start. I've been a Deontay Johnson truther since year one. I liked him coming out of the draft. I liked that the, he had instant rapport with Ben Roethlisberger. I liked that he was a rookie, and, and the Steelers, not that they're shy from this, he was a rookie that commanded the football, even when Juju Smith-Schuster was excellent in those years that he was for the Steelers. Deontay still commanded the football. He commanded matchups. He commanded attention. Now, George Pickens, as an athlete, definitely better than Deontay from a fear athleticism standpoint. Yeah. Like, George is like, 
George's whole aura of even when he's covered, he's open. Deontay doesn't have that. Now, I think Deontay, from a technician standpoint, and working underneath and doing more, let me put it this way. I think Deontay's toolbox is greater than George's right now. But I think George's potential is greater than Deontay's. They're just two completely different receivers. And I think that yes. it's it's hard to say one's better than the other because what George is better at than Deontay, he's way better at than Deontay. And what Deontay is better at than George, he is way better at than George. Deontay is elite when it comes to getting separation. Um, I, I, you know, put this in the, in the Deontay chalk talk. Um, he's getting, Allen Robinson is getting the same separation that Deontay was getting last year, but with two, an, an average of almost two yards more cushion from being pressed at the line of scrimmage at the snap. So Deontay is being, you know, was pressed more often or pressed more than Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and still got almost three yards of separation on, on average at the catch. And that's also running a lot of curls, a lot of comebacks, a lot of routes that don't give you many options when it comes to what you can possibly do after the catch. So Deontay is elite at getting separation. George is not. Um, but George is also phenomenal. Now the numbers haven't been great this year, but we also know that that can change at, at, at the turn of a, t- you know, at the, at the, yeah, George is just, yeah, he, uh, George is, he's a man among boys. Randy goes rest of the season fantasy Pickens, Deontay or both uh, depends on the league you play in. If you're in a PPR league, you're going to want Deontay. If you're in Probably. a standard league, you're going to want Pickens. Don't forget when Deontay went down against the 49ers, he was the team's leader in targets. He had six targets in that game. Up to that point, he was leading the Steelers in targets. Kenny Pickett is going to look for Deontay Johnson. And George Pickens is now starting to command attention away from Deontay Johnson. Mm-hmm. So I think Deontay, for your for your PPR league, um, is going to be our best bet. Uh, B had asked, should we start Sam Howell or Josh Dobbs this week in fantasy? Flip a coin. If you're deciding between these two, <laughs> let me put it to you this way. I played Russell Wilson this week because Josh uh, uh, Jordan Love is on bye week. That's the boat that I'm in in one of my leagues. So yeah. if you're in that boat with me, which be at it sounds like you are, flip a coin. Uh, that being said, start Sam Howell. Um, uh, Joe, Joe, over the comments says Deontay gets separation, but doesn't get TDs. Uh, that's not his fault. It's just not. Um, the The offense was absolutely terrible as a whole. The offense was absolutely terrible in the red zone last year. They're even worse in the red zone this year. <laughs> I mean, wh- they're 23% worse than they were last year. That's terrible. And Deontay had a slam dunk touchdown in week one that Kenny threw behind him. So yeah. that would have been an easy touchdown. So uh, I don't pin that on Deontay. Mark Not says, solely, but yeah. Mark says he hears 18, 26, and 88 will be back. How about 78? Um, I think it's a I think it's trending that way that 78 will be back uh to play in Los Angeles. But I think 1826 being Anthony McFarland and 88 being Pat Firemouth would be more than likely. Uh, more likely than Daniels would. Um, mm. Biad asks, is John Gruden being considered for uh, OC in the offseason? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I, I don't, th- and, don't and, think so. And if if that were to happen, it would only be because the Steelers announced the interview. That's That would be the first time we would find out about it because that, that would be very, very interesting. Can you imagine John Gruden working under Mike no. Tomlin? No, that's the thing. No. 
I, I genuinely cannot. Brad asks, would you consider trading for a blocking wide receiver? Allen Robinson has been awful at it. Juju anyone? No, no Juju. No. Uh, the reports out of Foxborough are that his knees are shot and he just can't run anymore. And yeah. to be honest, I haven't watched a Patriots game and said, whoa, there's Juju. So I don't think Juju would I consider trading for a blocking wide receiver. I don't think they would spend capital on just the guy that could get out and block. No. And if they really wanted to do something like that, if they felt that the blocking was inadequate from the wide receivers, I think they would just move Connor Hayward out there. Yeah. Well, and plus again, once Dante comes back, he's a pretty decent blocker. He's not great at it. He's, but he's better at it than Allen Robinson is not good. Not as good at it as George Pickens is. He's not Heinz Ward either, but you know, He's, I mean, look at the look at the touchdown run that Jalen Warren had in the uh, in the preseason, and look at Deontay down the field absolutely taking his guy out, which was the reason why that run turned in from a really really good long run to a touchdown run. Uh, Steeler girl asked, "Do you guys know if the rumor of Canada work not working well with others is true? Does he not take any kind of advice from the offense from coaches and players?" I don't read into any of that kind of rumor yeah. at all. That was uh well, so that was reported. At, I don't remember exactly who did it, um, but there, it was reported uh, that that Canada doesn't take any advice from that. Now, that at least when it comes to last year, I'm only speaking from my perspective on the beat. Is that anything when it comes to the offensive game plan? is a team effort. It's not just Canada locked up in his office. Nobody touches, nobody um, comes in and gives advice. Obviously Mike Tomlin has his input. He's the head coach. He ha absolutely has his input. Uh, Kenny Pickett um, supposedly now uh, does have a bit of a say in at least the things that he likes, the things, you know, in terms of like what tailors to his strengths and things like that. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know when it comes to not working well with others. <clears throat> I, I haven't seen it personally, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. A lot of stuff goes on behind behind closed doors that we don't see. Right. Um, so anything that comes out from that point, unless it's straight up told to me by somebody who's been in the room with Matt Canada, which it hasn't at this point, it's just hearsay at that point. Uh, B. Ed, yes, I'm aware of the report that you're referring <clears throat> to. I know you didn't just make that up, but I don't. <laughs> I don't see that happening. Uh, a few more quick ones before uh, we get out of here. And you all have been awesome. You've brought it yes, today. We appreciate so it greatly. Um, we're going to hang out for a little more. What do you guys think of the option for Najee? I mean, the guy has been in an offense with no downhill runs and no lead blocking. He hasn't been able to show his ability, in my opinion. It comes from Mike B21. I think Najee has been put in kind of a tough spot this year. Now, if you look at the metrics on Najee carrying the football, like he's breaking free from initial contact. He's fight. He's fighting for yards. He's finding ways to move the ball downfield. Even when the offensive line has not been doing well with blocking that has become evident and clear. But I think this offense is moving away from having the Le'Veon Bell slash Najee bell cow style running back and is now evolving to using Jalen Warren. And if you remember Anthony McFarland in the preseason before he got hurt in training camp, he had one of the better camps this year, I think, as far as offensive skill players go. So um, I don't know if this is a nod. I don't know if this is really a nodgy thing as much as it is. The Steelers are changing their ways of how they use running backs. 
Yeah. Uh, Crystal coming in with all the <laughs> uh, membership she has donated. We're going to absolutely answer a question from her. She said, yeah. are the, are the Bengals putting fear back in the AFC North or did, or did they just play the Cardinals? I'm going to uh, go with a Mike Tomlinism here. I'm going to say two is a pattern. I think if we see the Bengals terrorize somebody else, completely destroy somebody else, then maybe the Bengals have started to figure things out. Yeah. But the Cardinals are also a bad football team. So, uh, Robert, you are really poking the bears on this one. Uh, who's better, Lawrence Ooh. Taylor or TJ Watt? I mean, based off of numbers, I mean, I mean, come on. I can't say I grew up watching LT because I didn't. So I can't really form. I did. I didn't. So I can't form an educated opinion. That's like asking, you know, that's like asking Oscar Robertson or LeBron James. Like, I didn't grow up watching Oscar Robertson, but I know LeBron James and how great he is and was. So yeah. Chris could give more of an educated opinion um, that. I would probably say TJ, um, especially with uh, with what offenses are doing nowadays to try to defend edge rushers um, and how often. Now, granted, there's more opportunities to get sacks nowadays uh, than there were when LT played. Um, obviously it was, you know, it's never been more of a passing league than it is now, but just in terms of athleticism, in terms of speed, in terms of strength, um, I do think TJ is better. And I think, I think TJ is just gonna, um, <laughs> Jeez, crystal. Good God. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I saw that. Yeah. That's a, I'm sorry. That just made me laugh. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, no, I'm not taking anything away from LT, uh, but I'm sorry. No, and and Mike's right. Without LT, there'd be no TJ. I'm not taking anything away from Lawrence Taylor. I watched him growing up. I lived in the area whenever he was playing. Like, I'm not taking anything away from Lawrence Taylor. But I think at the end of the day, with the pace that TJ is on right now, we're not just going to be talking about TJ being the greatest pass rusher in Steelers history. We're going to talk about him being one of the possibly three greatest pass rushers of all time. The pace that he's on right now is ridiculous. Right. I mean, it, it really, really is. I mean, it's not just, yeah. I mean, it's argued right now that he's on track to have a better career than his brother. And that's I mean, saying it, something. Well, and and they do play, you know, different positions. So there, there is a, there is a, you know, but when we're talking about, you know, guys who get after the quarterback, TJ is going like, again, at the pace that he's at, he's already over 80 sacks. Like it, it's. Yeah. He's at he's at an, an unreal pace right now. And and if he keep I mean, he stays healthy this year, he could break the record he owns with Michael Strahan. Yeah. I he mean just turned 29 too, which is yeah, he's even got more way, he's got way more in the tank. Eric says, Do you guys have a dream job in sports journalism or any other interest that you guys might have? That's a wonderful question. I love that question. I think my dream job changes once a year. Like right now, I could honestly say I'm happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm very happy with where I'm at. I I am in a city that is treating me very well. I am at a spot that is treating me very well. I am very close to my hometown and I can go see my friends and family when I need to. I have a, you know, a, a relationship I'm getting into, an interpersonal relationship that I'm getting into, you know, a significant other that I'm really having a great time with. And, you know, I'm happy right now. So yeah. if you would have asked me when I was in college, you know, five years ago. Mm-hmm. I would have said, I want to cover Major League Baseball, national columnists, that whole deal, outlet mm-hmm. notwithstanding. Like, I think it just kind of depends on your outlook and where you're at in life. 
like Chris is down in Texas back with his family and mm -hmm. I can't speak for him. He could speak for himself, but I'm pretty sure he's happy being where he's at right now with his wife yeah. and children. Yeah, it's not, I, I, I've got, I've gotten a, a chance to, I mean, even in, in the few years that I've gotten, uh, that I've been in, in this, in this, in this industry, I've, I've had a, um, I've had a, had the opportunity to, to, to do some really cool things. I've gotten to cover, uh, you know, a major league baseball beat for, you know, two plus seasons, you know, and then help out on, you know, I've been on two different beats actually. Um, and then I've gotten to cover two no hitters, which is awesome. Um, I've got to cover, um, a football beat, you know, for an entire season, almost an entire calendar year. Um, and it was the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, you're talking about one of the, you know, probably other than the Dallas Cowboys, probably the biggest franchise, uh, in the world. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't like when we start talking about other sports, the Yankees and all that stuff, but still, you know, the Steelers are still up there as one of the most iconic franchises in all sports and yeah. to get to cover the, that team for an entire season. Um, it was awesome, you know? And, and so, yeah, there's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, so there's, and for me now, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, now heading into my late thirties, I have, you know, a wife and two kids, you know, Things change. The, the I mean, one, just the, well, the one thing that I've really, really learned over everything when it comes to, you know, you can have your dream job. It's cool. But like, there's nothing more important than family. So it doesn't like, it really doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, if I have to choose, like, do I want to make like lifelong the other night, my son played a baseball game and he caught his first pop fly. Like, yeah. you know, he's playing coach pitch right now. He's seven years old. Uh, he was at the pitcher position, which, you know, they just stand next to the coach pitch Still. and kid hit a pop fly. He reaches out his glove and he catches it. And he just sat there for like 10 seconds, just frozen. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's just one of those things. He couldn't believe he caught it. That's like better. that. That memory to me is like better than anything I've experienced in months. Nothing. And better, that is nothing it? taking away from anything that I've done professionally. It's just those memories are like yeah. the things that I hold dear. So, I mean, my best friend, my best friend is up in my hometown an hour and some change away. And he just had a daughter last year and she's a year and, you know, she's like 14 months by this point and they're coming down to visit Sunday on the bye week So like yeah. having that is amazing. Um, but yeah, I like this question too. If you could cover one team that you currently don't cover, who would it be? What would it be? Hmm. My answer to this now I'm removing all my fandoms from this in a way because I'm a, I'm a fan of a different team in this sport, but I'd be on the Los Angeles Lakers beat like that. I, I, I've always loved basketball. My dad grew up a Lakers fan. I always grew up watching the Shaq and Kobe teams, you know, Rick Fox and all those guys. But if I was on that Lakers beat, that would be so fun. I think that'd be killer. But I, to echo Chris's sentiment, covering the Pittsburgh Steelers is a, is a dream opportunity in and mm -hmm. of itself. It is. I mean, there truly is nothing like it. And, and it, it just builds upon what I said earlier about just, I I'm in a great spot. I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm happy with what I'm doing. So, but if I had to pick, you know, I had a la carte, I could just pick LA Lakers beat. Um, <clears throat> for me, <clears throat> well, I've gotten, I don't know. I really, I haven't even had, had a, had a chance to even sit down and think about it. Um, off the top of my head, maybe just because I haven't covered uh, covered it yet, and because I'm I'm a fan of the sport, um, maybe the Penguins or the Stars, you know, just because just to get on a hockey beat, you know, I obviously know the Penguins because I, I've you know I grew up watching the team and I I, I know the team, um, but also you know living in the Dallas area, I know you know I know this team as well, you know, uh, quite a bit, and so 
uh, yeah, maybe th- those would be pretty cool. And I just, I, I love hockey and I know it's, that's, you know, covering that sports, a completely different animal. Uh, but that, maybe that'd be cool. Sticky. I'm aware of this. I, I have friends that live out in California <laughs> that also say the same thing about living in Southern California. So if I'm going to consider all of that, then maybe I wouldn't pick the Lakers, but I just think for the sheer history and the sheer volume and the importance, you know, it's on that plateau right now. You know, like the Lakers are unquestionably on the plateau with the Steelers and the Yankees and the Cowboys and all these other great recognizable brands really across the world when it comes mm. to sports. So that's kind of my logic and thinking there. Um, a couple um, more here before we get out of here. Yeah, Steeler, Steeler, Steeler girl brought one up, and this is kind of like something I, I kind of want to – And again, I'm really not trying to get really bitter here or anything. Uh, she said, you know, I heard that the players are not happy with Canada's comments about the offense being the players' fault. Now, listen, um, uh, oh, and Randy actually kind of brought this up. So this kind of all ties together. Randy said, <laughs> did MLB mess up? The Braves had the best record in baseball and have already been eliminated. Oh, I'm so disappointed okay. in the Braves all right. and the Orioles for that matter. I am so disappointed. Well, I'm, I'm not because, you know, after covering the Rangers for two plus seasons and seeing and covering some really, really bad baseball teams, it's it's good to see that team actually find some success. Uh, Brett, but, yes, you are behind. Make sure you click live in the bottom right corner and you'll be caught up. Uh, so, uh, yeah, to go to those to, about the you know players not being happy. So I think I think and I don't know how accurate this is, but I did see something from a particular fan blog. I'm not going to say who because I'm not I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do that. No, but a partic- particular fan blog um, that actually has a gold check like on Twitter. Like, so it looks like a verified organization say the like report stuff like that. And like I say report or write about stuff like that. I won't say report, but write about stuff like that. Just be careful of where you're getting your content from. That's all I'm going to say. When it comes, I am, I am not disparaging any of the bloggers, any of the blog sites. I'm really not because there's a place for those. Absolutely. However, those type of sites can, if you rely on those sites for your content, understand that it's coming from a fan's perspective. Fans' perspectives, 90% of the time, is going to be biased in some sort of way. If they have an agenda, it's going to come through in their writing. It just, it's just, it, it, it's not everybody. Not everybody who writes for those sites is like that, but it's, it is the majority. And it's just something you have to watch out for. Um, now Corey's there. I just from knowing how that locker room operates, if if players are unhappy with Canada, they aren't letting anybody know about it. Right. Or they would be saying it themselves. They they're not going to leak stuff. They're not going to tell a reporter off to the side and be like, "Hey, we don't really like what Man Canada said about us." They're going to come out and say it themselves. They're just not, they're not going to do that. And that kind of goes into what I was also saying about like the BBWAA being under attack for what happened in the, in the clubhouse with the, with the Braves and everything like that. Like journalism itself is, has never been more under attack than it is now. And it's just, it's something that we have all got to, we gotta, we gotta fix it. So let me take, let me take this over. Okay. Um, I come from a spot of academia. Okay. I have a master's degree in broadcast journalism. I have a master's degree in communications. I have fully versed myself and immersed myself in academia with this. I was a teaching assistant. I was a TA. I studied under professors. I worked for for professors who had worked for MTV, the New York Times, really credible, legitimate sources, right? 
journalism in and of itself is under this renaissance period. And what I mean by that is you can get information from anywhere at any time. However, there is a, there's two different caveats to all of this. There's social media literacy for one and media literacy overall. Number two, media literacy being the overarching brand case in point and without getting into politics. Okay. Is political coverage, watching one news source that skews Democrat, watching one news source that skews Republican. Now you can consume what you want, but facts are always facts. Opinions, always opinion. The ability to discern facts and opinion, the studies have shown has become less and less and less. People are taking opinion as fact and vice versa. And that's not how it goes. Now, realizing that I am on the South side, I am in that locker room, like Chris said. Chris was in that locker room last year. DK's in that locker room. Having people there in the building, boots on the ground, versus, and, and I, can't, I can't disparage either because I used to be this as well, but, you know, blogger at the desk who has an opinion and says something, you know, this, that, and the other, it looks like, it seems like, it feels like, it, 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 they give off that, that vibe. That is totally different from us being boots on the ground inside the building. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to tell people what to consume. I'm not going to tell people what to watch, except for the Southside Beat, 3 to 3.30, <laughs> uh, in, the, in the Ramon Foster Show at 4 p.m. I'm not going to tell you what to watch. I'm not going to tell you what to read. I'm not going to tell you what to take in. But I will say, overall, and this is study-backed-up proof, this is academia that I'm coming from. There is a more more gray area now than ever about consuming media. And the overarching statement that I could just give to anybody, this is to Chris, this even goes back to myself, this goes to you listening, this goes to my best friend down the block, it's everybody that I would talk to and have this conversation with. It is be careful what you consume. Because sometimes those places are just going to push what they want to push, Sometimes they have agendas that they are not being true to the American people. Journalism, the First Amendment, is supposed to bring everything back to the American people. And it's the do right by the American people. What Chris and I do in a sports vacuum is a service. This is a service industry. This is a news industry. This is an entertainment industry in some ways. So you have to be careful to what you watch and what you read. and, And that's the overarching theme of the whole thing. So I'm going to continue to settle this. Uh, William says from Jalen's mouth, Kenny changed the play. Jalen also talked about how, you know, whenever he talked about changing the play, you have to look at the entire quote. He talked about what the, what they needed to do up front. Then Kenny clarified later or, uh, later in the week, he said that it was the protection and the route that he changed. Or honestly changed. Audible checked whatever you want. It was a built-in play. Said that they worked on it throughout the week. That it was something that that was built in in case they ever saw zero blitz or anything like that, that they would be able to check to that to move the protection over so they would get the protection right and give George the route. That's it's a built in play. It's not anything that like Kenny went and he just, you know, called something completely on the fly and it was complete improvisation. It wasn't anything like that. Corporate literacy also. That's a great point. Great point. And honestly, Spice Creations is absolutely right. People hear what they want to hear. Like, listen, we can we can talk all all we can talk at length. We can have the show run for four more hours and we can talk about how, like, listen, like, you know, only listen to these people because these are like people are going to believe what they want to believe. They're going to read. You know, I could you know, I could say 
watch out for the bloggers. Okay, well, not saying don't read them. I'm just saying understand where it's where it's coming from. And yes. people still might enjoy reading that most, and that's fine if you want to do that. Just understand that that's not news. That's not coming from credible sources. And 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 you know they're not talking to anybody on the south side. They're not talking to anybody, you know, on 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 South Water Street there. Like it's just it's just not happening. So yeah, yeah, it's and just then- it's just it's just understanding that. And uh, and to clarify, because, you know, the, this kind of goes along with the whole journalism thing. When we talk about like what happened, you know, with the whole Braves Philly situation, when something is said in a clubhouse, like, listen, like we're we're allowed like during that media session, like anything that's said in a clubhouse or locker room while the media is in there is fair game. Yep. It, it just is. Now, that doesn't mean that I can go up behind like two players that are talking to themselves privately and I can yeah, just- and- well, maybe maybe I'll, I'll catch something here. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you sure. shout something out loud, and it's said for everybody to hear, mm-hmm. that's been done for years upon years upon years upon years. That's just not that's not bad journalism. And, and the BBWA had every right to back uh, back him up, and they did. And yeah, so he's credentialed like that for a reason. That's yeah. you know, in the Steelers locker room after in a post game setting, right? Yeah. If we yep. pick up on something, we can report it, whether they like it or not. You yep. know, if you know. it's like, I, I and I understand a player's perspective being like, well, we have to watch what we say in our own clubhouse, our locker room. It's like, listen, there are areas that we can't go to. You want to say yes. something, go to those areas. Like, and we're only in there for a, for a certain amount of time. It's not yes. like we're sitting there from the time that the game ends to the time you guys leave that we're just there. Right. We're only there for a certain amount of time. As soon as we leave, all game, nobody else is going to hear it. Chris knows, this anybody, from, yeah. Chris knows this from being in the Pirates Clubhouse. Okay. It could be the middle of uh, it could be the middle of July, right? There you go, and, Brent. There you go. Brent says there you go, Brent. Uh, Gotta represent my my first beat. <laughs> you know, it, you've seen this in baseball, Chris. It could be the middle of July. Maybe, you know, let's for the sake of conversation, say Kutch goes on the IL with an elbow thing, right? And Kutch could not show up in that locker room when he's on when he's on the IL, but for that day, the clubhouse, excuse me, but that day that he comes back, you bet everybody's going to be looking for Kutch. And there's a, a window that 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 clubhouse is open. And if Kutch doesn't roll through in that clubhouse, yeah, down with the Astros, too. Ugh. Cheating frauds. I mean, come Ugh. on. We can't do the Astros here. So that being said, my, my World Series pick like will be – My World Series pick will be Rangers or Meteor um, <laughs> in the American <laughs> League. And then in the National League – what do we got? Phillies versus Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks in the National League. How about the D-backs? Give me the Phillies versus the Rangers. I think that would be a fun. No, Spice will not stop. They cheated. They knew what they did. They knew what they did was wrong. They hey. are cheating frauds forever. No, okay, I understand that. But that, that, that but even after that, they have made it to, to not including that, six right. straight championship series. Like that, right. They're a legitimate baseball team. I'm not taking anything away from who the Astros are. You're right. I just I just don't like Houston. I just don't like it's it, it's not just a Dallas thing, but every time I've been to Houston, it's not been a good experience. It's uh, not I'm not saying everybody everybody should hate Houston. I'm just saying I have a vendetta there. That's fine. It's my own personal thing. Yeah. Randy, just, good one on. to leave off of today. Be careful what you consume. That's very true. Extremely accurate. Yeah. Uh, this is why I love DK Pittsburgh sports. Well, this and is we, why we love you all. And we pushed almost an entire hour today for you guys. So we did. We yeah. did. Um, we love you all. And this is, this was tremendous today. Uh, always down to take questions, always down to get, you know, the pulse of the asylum as it's known as on the website. I think we could carry that term over into here. Yeah. Um, 
you know, the pulse of the fans, the pulse of the nation, the pulse of the Steelers fans, and just what do they think? What do you think is going on? And we had really good time today and yesterday. If you didn't watch yesterday's episode, plenty more Q&A that Chris and I talked about, answered, etc. Um, over. You can check it out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Of course, here on DK Pittsburgh Sports on YouTube, uh, where you found this live stream yesterday's show and the uh, 33 previous other shows are available for playback. Chris and I will be back Monday, and assuming Monday we will have a locker room uh, availability and stuff to talk about from what players have talked about. It would be a normal Monday if we we did, yeah. Right. We will be back, uh, you know, Monday, same time. The only question mark for next week for us is Friday. We'll iron that out uh, because I will have to be on the road uh, for Pitts. So So, uh, final thoughts before we we head out. Uh, Phillies versus Rangers or give me the meteor. (laughs) <laughs> uh my final thought is uh shout out to my kids they have been home for six school days in a row because of fall break don't get me started on what fall break is but they've been home for six school days in a row and that has included two late nights because of my son's late baseball games and you might not have even known that they were here this entire time because they have been two little angels like during that time <laughs> Um, it's not, they, they've not been two little angels the entire time they've been home, but they've been great while I'm on the show. So, well, shout, now, shout out to my kids. Well, now they get to go have fried Oreos and fried s'mores and corn dogs and all the good, all the sugar food. in the world, man. Yeah. I'm going to have to be peeling them. Yeah. That's funny. My, my kids are <laughs> Christopher Kellison. I'm in Texas. I hate fall break. It, it makes no sense. Like I, I don't understand. It's just like they, they made the school year longer. So they give them more breaks in the middle of the year. Like I, I just, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. It does. It doesn't make sense. I, I. I don't. I don't know. But yeah. No. And and honestly, my kids are more brave than I am because they're. If you've ever seen the state fair of Texas, they have that gigantic Ferris wheel. I will not be going on it. I just won't. <laughs> my wife will take them on it, and my kids yeah. will both go on it. I won't. I just won't. Pens caps tonight. Don't forget about that. Friday the thirteenth. Uh, I will not be watching. I'm not a scary movie guy. Never was. Never will no. be. Um. Can't do it. Won't do it. Uh, yeah, fall break. It's new to me too. So uh, don't get Mike, me started. You know, don't get Chris, me started. We're not gonna get. We're not gonna get Chris started on that. Uh, we appreciate you all hanging out a little extra with us today. Uh, we had the time to do it today, so uh, happy to oblige. Definitely. Thank you all for the super chats, for the gift subs, for the yes, donations. Thank you so much. It is it is so greatly appreciated. And believe me when I say that goes a very long way. Um, please remember to like this episode. Please subscribe if you have not. Please share this episode. Tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Spreading the word is the best way to help this show grow. And uh, g- believe me, Chris, DK, Dolly, myself, we greatly appreciate it. We all do. I am a Blue Jay on the wall. Listen. Hold on. Let me pan the camera up. Let me pan the camera up. I guess I'm nice a backwards hat kind of guy. Look how nice this is. It's nice, nice little canvas painting. They're harmless. It's just, I like it. Bluebird. <laughs> I'm down for it. I'll be a backwards we'll be back hat Monday. Kinda. We'll be back Monday, bluebirds and all. Uh, Chris will be back, hopefully uh, detoxing from some good fair food. Enjoy that, Chris. Yeah, that's going to be uh, – and then probably plenty of beer tonight too. So, We'll talk to you all Monday. Yeah. Cheers, everybody.